Uncovered Cinema, Episode 29, Tumbod, on Prime Video. Enjoy the show! Dude, drinking tea is like so much of a voice saver I'm learning. Because as I'm trying to like record this this book right now and do the podcast, it's I it's amazing how much like tea I thought it was something only British people did, but drinking a hot mm-hmm. tea with you gotta have honey, that's the important part, is the honey. It kinda like coats your vocal cords and it's like because for a while my voice was just kind of like going out and I was trying to like Mm-hmm. read things and but I could, the last part of the words would just kind of escape me because I couldn't like I was losing my voice I guess and I couldn't just get the last syllable of every word out it would just kind of like be nothing and so yeah now it's so much better I can yeah well I mean honey is like have uh, healing properties in it and it coats your throat so makes a lot of sense yeah I was told I was doing a shoot with uh, the, a Broadway actor uh, a singer and they were mm-hmm. saying like uh, you can like do a shot of olive oil, and that's supposed to like help your vocal cords. I don't know how it's if it's good for your cholesterol, but you know, I'm sure it's <laughs> I'm sure it's good for like you know like lubing up other parts as well. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it, it just seems like a weird I mean, thing to do. But yeah, I'm yeah, but I they did mention that in uh, Scooby Doo. You know, um, that old one, the old movies, when they're direct to uh, VHS or direct to uh, TV movies, mm-hmm. um, Scooby-Doo and the Salem's Witch or some crap like that. Yeah. Uh, the one, the actresses in there, she was a singer and they talked about how she's drinking tea and they had a whole freaking routine that she did before her shows. And anytime she sang or else her voice would go out. Yeah, it's it's. It's I'm I'm honestly impressed. I didn't know that this was a way that you could save your voice because I've never done voice acting before. But mm-hmm. it, really, you don't think it's that much. Like, right. You, you talk to people on the phone and you talk to people yeah. throughout your day. You do a lot of talking. But when you add in an hour or two of reading a day nonstop, like it eats it alive, like your voice is just done. But uh, yeah, anyways, what's going on, guys? And welcome to this episode of Uncovered Cinema. I'm Brian. And I'm Will. And welcome to our little corner of podcast world. Today we are breaking Yay. into Tumbod. Tumbod, Tumbod, Tumbod. Tumbod. <laughs> this is my favorite. Tumbod? I just love saying the name, Tumbod. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say it. I mean, put up a counter. If you have like some some kind of alcoholic beverage, or maybe if you're driving in your car, maybe just a sip of some hot tea uh, every time I say <laughs> Tumbod, because I'm going to say it a lot, because it's such a fun name tumbod. to say. Tumbod. Tumbod. It yeah. is. It's a really fun name. This is a Indian horror movie that uh, our director found in the buried in the midst of, of nowhere. We were able to pull it up on uh, Amazon Prime, which you can stream mm-hmm. now for free. Uh, I noticed that yeah. it wasn't paid. You could like a few weeks ago, you could have rented it. But now it's it's uh, from yeah. when we planned this episode. But now you can watch it for free, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Now it's free on there, which is to steal, dude. I mean, yeah, it. It's a, it's an Indian horror movie, which the very first thing you think of when you think of Indian filmage is Bollywood. You know, the dancing and the singing and right. the over-the-top, like, action scenes and <laughs> the crazy editing and stuff. But that's just not, that's not the vibe I'm getting here, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's a classic 
horror movie look from the uh, from the trailer, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm excited to watch it. This yeah. is going to be a good one, I think, because it uh, it's got a lot of ratings. A lot of people have seen it already, and um, hopefully, we can oh, yeah. uncover it for you as well. But uh, first, we're going to be diving into some production move that's production news, rather that's on the uh, same same side as horror movies we have like horror movies coming out right so this is the yeah. season so right now horror movies are going to start coming out yeah we're in production at least we're we're entering the horror movie season for sure guys um so if you are no, a just, fan of just the... to like i'm sorry just to clarify we're entering the <laughs> production you know season this yes. is where they're all made and they won't come out until the halloween season but this is now where, where all that stuff is happening sorry go ahead yeah, no, this is the production season of the horror movies that are going to be coming out in Halloween of 2022. Okay, because it still takes some time in post-production and all that stuff. But if this is also the time that um, studios will announce if they have a movie coming out in Halloween of 21 is around this time period as well. Right. So that's what we're talking about. And um, going into that, if you guys are a fan of the Halloween series, you know, with Jason. Yes. That's with Jason, right? No, I think it's Michael Myers. Michael Myers. Oh, yeah, Michael yeah. Myers. See, shows how much I watch horror <laughs> films. Yeah, if you're a fan of uh, the Halloween series, we're going to have two new additions. They're going to be sequels to the 2018 reboot of the Halloween, I guess, series. Yeah. And uh, uh, the first one's going to be October 15th, 2021. It's going to be Halloween Kills. Have the same cast and crew. So I guess uh, that lingering question at the end of the first Halloween movie, did they kill him or not? <laughs> we we know the answer. He could never die. <laughs> yeah, I guess, uh, I guess we got the answer yeah. to that. <laughs> I believe then, that's the one with um, Jamie Lee Curtis. She's been in like all the movies. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. That's that. Yeah, definitely Halloween and uh, would be Mike Myers is be the uh, the the mm-hmm. guy they can't kill. Yeah, the guy they can't kill. Never. He's already dead or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, Halloween ends is going to be the third uh, film in that trilogy, and I think it's going to be the end of this new Halloween trilogy that they're creating, and that's going to be coming out October fourteenth, twenty twenty two. Nice. So for the next couple of years, guys. One wonders if it will actually end, though, but <laughs> we'll see. It's of course, kind of like I mean, uh, Cher doing a, a farewell tour that's been going on for 10 years now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Farewell, quote unquote. This trilogy ending. They're just going to move on just like Batman. Once they finished the Dark Knight trilogy, they just moved on to the next version of Batman they wanted to create. And that's exactly what they're going to do here. Yeah. As soon as they're done with this Halloween series, they'll... You know, give it some time and then move on to the next version of Halloween they want to make. Yeah. Did you ever notice that I so if you go back to like the 80s and stuff, when you see movies coming out that they would just mm-hmm. release sequence of movies without any, you know, the, the consideration. So there, there could be like eight installments of a movie that come out uh, like yeah. Star Wars, for example, it just keeps coming out and over and over again. There's no end to it. But then when we came to like the 2000s, that's when somebody some big executive decided that the magic number is three so then you start seeing all these movies being released in triplets so uh in triplicate so there'd be three three series and then they would end the movie and then after a while yeah. like maybe 
2015. Uh, well, one was uh, uh, Twilight series, maybe 2010. That's when mm-hmm. somebody decided, well, hey, we can make more money if we do a series of three movies. But the last movie, there's two parts. So really, it's a fourth movie, but they call it the series three or they call it the third movie part one and then third movie part two they don't break the series of three but they're still making four movies and and so it's kind of continued on that way everything is now in series of threes and i guess with streaming lately it's now we're still fitting that that paradigm of three but they're moving on to like uh branching the storylines and creating whole storylines with these characters that are in depth now so it's it's interesting yeah. just to see how the way things kind of evolved. So like Halloween wasn't one of those exceptions. You just keep making more and more of them. And I guess even now, you know, 30 years later, it still fits the mold. They can just keep popping them out and it doesn't matter. So it's interesting just to see how the things have evolved. Yeah, it really looks like they've taken that whole um, three film trilogy thing that they had going on in like the 90s and early aughts and they're really making it into like a a three-act structure in right like overarching yeah storyline of those three films and it's i really do enjoy what they do when they have like three movies specifically in mind before they make the first one Mm -hmm. what i don't like is when they make one movie and then they half-heartedly make a sequel, and then a sequel to that, and they're like, "Oh, here's our trilogy." Yeah, and it's yeah. just like, "No, that's that's your garbage." <laughs> I, I can't imagine the chaos of a writer now when they have to write a three-act structure in a TV show in the course of a TV show, but then overall there has to be a three-act structure over the season, and then overall mm-hmm. there has to be a three-act structure for the way the seasons play out you know so there has to be yeah like these these for each bigger themes that the characters are working on for themselves to go to last maybe eight eight seasons but then there has to be that within a season and there also has to be that within an episode so it's like i don't know i guess yeah you have to it's kind of the structure of our lives though right we're always trying to be better at something and you take one step forward two steps back and then and then we look over the course of a year and we become like successful at something that we've tried to do so but still, it's, yeah. it's tough as a writer. I, can, I couldn't do that job. It, it's it's unbelievably tough as a writer, man. I can imagine. Like, I'm not a writer, and <laughs> I'm so glad I'm not. I'm not creative enough to be one. But I I've seen people make scripts, and I've seen them make, um, you know, different things before filming it, and I can't imagine having to go back to a script dozen, two dozen times before filming it to get every little, little bit of lore and a little bit of a nuance you want in there yeah. in it and remove the dead weight. I just can't imagine, dude. No. Yeah. That's, that's why I'm a cinematographer. I, I can't do anything with editing or story creation. I just want all the action all the time. You just, I'll show up. You tell me, what's going where and who's filming what, and then I can get it for you, but I don't want anything to do with editing or story creation. It's just way too complicated for me. And then, and what happens with me is when I go into editing, I look at everything I filmed and I'm like, uh, I could have done it better. I should just throw this shot away and start all over. And then I don't get past the first, the first shot because I'm I'm uh, critiquing my work the whole time. Yeah. So moving on inside production news, we have another transformers movie. 
That oh, makes gosh. number seven, guys. <laughs> yeah. Makes number seven. I, I love Transformers. Don't get me wrong. I watched the first Transformer movie back to back to back. I did that over and over again. And then at some point, it's just... I'll watch them once or twice for, you know, yeah. the big robot porn. But yeah, that's really about it. Uh, Transformers ended for me when uh, I always say is now I'm wrong. But uh, Shia LaBeouf was left off of the cast once he moved and yeah it was over for me because he was like the original character it worked well with him his vibe with like the other characters but then yeah. when they just did it with mark his Wahlberg comedy was itself, perfect it was not it didn't didn't vibe for me yeah yeah that's actually when i stopped watching the films mm-hmm. as a matter of fact i watched the first mark Wahlberg version but i haven't seen the latest ones um but anyways they're coming out with it's called Rise of the Beast. So if you guys are fans of Transformers at all, then you know that the um, Beast Transformers are big, like huge in the uh, comic world, huge in the... Uh, are they cartoons? They're not anime because they're not Japanese. So they're yeah, they're cartoons, right? Uh, like, Storyline? I don't know. <laughs> I don't really... It's like kind of hard cartoon, to say cartoons like, when it's been... When Michael Bay's touched it, you know? It's, it's something well, more than I mean, now, but yeah. Yeah, well, Mark, Michael Bay touched the live action. I'm talking about the the animated oh, version. Yeah, yeah. Um, back in the day, Beast Wars, you know, um, was a big thing. So they're bringing in the Maximals, Predacons, and Terracons to this movie. So if you guys have been waiting for that, you're going to be very excited for this next one. And yeah, that's going to be coming in 2022. We'll keep an eye out for that one. Uh, that I guess, if yeah, if you're a fan of it, it's something to watch for me. Uh like I said, you know, it's the series has kind of been smashed into the ground already. But uh, it's 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 uh it is you're right. It's interesting to you know at least watch and kind of just see it for the the ro- robot porn. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I know everybody here, every listener here, is an absolute fan, a top right fan of the Disney live action films. So I know you guys are going to be more than enthused about this dude I, I heart disney so much especially anything that's like musical oriented like i'm not i'm, I'm not mm-hmm. manly i'm not manly enough to admit that i didn't uh like cry at the opening of beauty and the beast because <laughs> seeing the, car- oh, God, the cartoon beautiful. come to wor- real life to me it was like this mm-hmm. is unbelievable and everything was just so beautiful and like it's done in the disney scene you know like they everything's kind of over the top like the 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 background has mm-hmm. just an, an interma- inter- uh, ex- huge amount of flowers. Or, you know, the scenes are just done super beautiful and it is almost like made for theater practically, but in, in, you're in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was like a play came to life yeah, yeah. for that first scene. It was, it was beautiful. What do we have from Disney coming out? Well, uh, then I know you're going to be enjoying this. Snow White is getting a live action adaptation. Wow. And I know that's nothing new because they've made you know snow white adaptations in the past but this is apparently like like the adaptation like all the other ones were the adaptations of the live action version of them apparently this is the adaptation for that is snow white the one that has the um animals like all the animals come to her yeah she's the one that has the fairy godmother yeah um, okay the evil sisters um the evil god uh the evil stepmother yeah, okay. The evil stepsisters. It, it, it hasn't escaped me after all these years, but you know, nowadays I don't really follow the plots of 
Disney cartoons that were from when my childhood. But yeah, so that I, I feel like the the work they did with like the Lion King was just kind of like prepping for something like this. So the, I feel like the cart the the animals and yeah. stuff are going to be so much more vivid and real. And I think I can't wait to see that. It's going to sound like it sounds like something that's going to be uh, worth watching. Yeah. Yeah. And real talk, I shit on Disney a lot just because it's an easy target. You do. I you do, really do enjoy their. Yeah. Yeah. I really do. And just because they're easy targets. I mean, it's Disney. But I really do enjoy their animation. And I do enjoy how much they push the boundaries for their uh, live, a- live action adaptations. I just wish that. You know, some things about them were different, as everyone does. But I am excited about their casting for the new lead of Snow White, though. Oh, they have that coming out. Yeah, who's the, yeah. Who's the main uh, character? They picked up Rachel Zegler. Oh. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't blame you if you have no clue who that is. No, I didn't. <laughs> I was just being supportive. <laughs> okay, good. She, um... She is the new star of West Side Story, which I saw a little bit of. Um, and I, like you said, I love, love me some um, musicals. Yeah. So a film, uh, you know, the West Side Story remade in 2022, 2021, whatever we are in right now. Yeah. It, it's wonderful. <laughs> Off of that, she got a part in the upcoming Shazam movie, Shazam Fury of the Gods coming out i believe in 2021 that's right and now she's getting the lead as snow white so and that's all her acting like that's all the credit she has to her name yeah that's <laughs> that's well that's awesome it's a great way to start when you you know hit the lottery on the first hit but um <laughs> yeah dude i i i heard about that shazam's gonna be coming out as well so that's an awesome that we're gonna see the next series of this movie coming out and the first one is pretty good it's, mm-hmm. it's actually recirculating right now at the moment on uh, cable TV. So if you nice. have seen that, I guess that's the reason why is that there's another one in production and we're going to be seeing a new one coming out soon. So that's, that's great to hear as well. Yeah. And I'm excited to see, I really liked the first Shazam dude. I really did. It was one of those movies that you could just like sit down on the couch and just chill. Yeah. Watch, yeah. We know? were just rewatching it. And, uh, my other half was saying how dark it was compared to the the first one that was made like 20 years ago, I think it was Shaquille O'Neal or something was in it before. Right. And, uh, yeah. yeah, this one. So now is a lot more, a lot darker than it used to be. It used to be kind of more of a comedy, but now it's more of a, uh, intense, like thriller, um, action thriller, I guess you would call it. Yeah. But it's still good. Keeps Wasn't the original was Shaquille like, he was in some, uh, it was like a genie Shazam or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. He was like, it was, it was, see, back then it was more of like, you know, Aladdin kind of genie. That's what people thought mm-hmm. about things, uh, genies. So it was in a lamp kind of deal. But yeah, that's exactly how it was. And so this one is just kind of more of a sinister feel. But I hope they kind of continue that yeah. with the next one because I think that's what makes it a lot more interesting. Those, you know, those goblins and stuff are scary. So it's, 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 uh, yeah. it's entertaining to watch. Yeah, and any film that portrays the main character as being a kid in their like teens or whatever, rising above themselves, is something I always love to watch. Anyways, yeah, yeah, no, especially it, speaking as a, a father of adopted children from the foster system, <laughs> this movie like mm-hmm. hits right on right on the nail on the head with them. And, and as far as you know, his his yeah, because movement into you know seeing his perspective of family and, and how it's changing and. 
how, you know, the, losing that need of having to, you know, always be taking care of yourself and instead you can help take care of others. That was great to watch all that. Yeah. And we always have movies about the heroes being some grown adult or grown woman doing grown adult or grown woman things or some super fictionalized just spy kid stuff, right? So it's really cool seeing, you know, basically teenagers get a legitimate superhero. Absolutely. I like that. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a good one to watch. Yeah. Um, So, well, hopefully that's going to be, hopefully uh, it grows on the first movie and just gets better. So we'll see when that comes out. That's going to be Shazam! Fury of the Gods. Awesome. Well, good one to check that out, and we'll, uh, I'm sure we'll review mm-hmm. that when that one comes out. All right. Like we said earlier, today we're going to be checking out Tumbad or Tumbad. Tumbad. I'm not really sure how to pronounce that. <laughs> Tumbad? Either way, it's Tumbad. fun. It's it's apparently a city inside India. But uh, yeah, this one's yeah. a uh, released in 2018, is a uh, Indian Hindu uh, period horror film um, directed by mm-hmm. Rahi Anil Bharat. Uh, that's my best pronunciation that I could do of that one. And uh-huh. uh, let's see. Will I find a Anad Gandhi and a Desh? Pr- oh, God. Prasad? I'm so sorry if I butchered that. <laughs> um, Anad Gandhi was the okay. creative sorry. lead or the creative director on the film. And um, Adesh was the co-director. So okay, I'm not gonna lie to you. When I just read that, um, Anad Gandhi, I actually read it different in my head, and I read it as um, Ariana, Ariana Gandhi, <laughs> which I assumed was just some Indian pop star. <laughs> Ariana Gandhi. <laughs> that's kind of how I read it. In my Ariana head. Gandhi. Yeah, so, okay. Yeah. That's yeah. Anad Gandhi. Pop star to India. <laughs> yeah, the and, pop star um, to India. <laughs> Yeah, this um, like you said, this is a period piece. It takes place in the 1800s. Okay, so their um, their views towards uh women, their views towards basically everything is very backwards in this. But again, it was a period piece accurately depicting that time in India. Okay, so uh, well, let's jump into the summary then, or the synopsis of this movie. In a rural village of Tumbad, a decaying castle hides an immeasurable ancestral fortune guarded by something ancient, sinister, and monstrous. Vinayak thinks he can control it, but how long will it be until his own greed destroys everything he's built? Ooh, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah, that sounds really good, dude. I'm very excited for this. Very excited. Okay, well, we are going to take a brief break to check this one out. And uh, like you said, you can check this one out as well for free right now on Amazon Prime. And uh, while you're at it, you can also check us out at Uncovered Cinema. And on on Reddit, you can check us out at r slash Uncovered Cinema. And uh, in the meantime, we'll be right back with you. Yes, sir. Hey guys, it's Will at the editing desk. I just wanted to take this opportunity to quickly tell you to smash that like button and, you know, share the episodes if you really enjoy them. All right, bye. Hey guys, welcome back to Uncovered Cinema. Today we're reviewing Tumbod. We just watched the movie and hopefully you did too. What did you think about this one, Will? I 
I really liked it. Okay. Um, it, I was not expecting this from a, uh, Indian horror film. I will admit, um, they, they didn't get me like, Hmm, how should I put it? Growing up with America cinema, we're so used to jump scares and overly disgusting, you know, scenes that the horror in the film didn't really scare me but at the same time it was very very well made yeah it, it was, was sneakily good for me too like it it yeah it was never a boring part even though it was all subtitles you know you had to read the whole thing but it was still mm-hmm. really good i mean i for me i think the audio might have been off a little bit in a few parts but no, the, yeah. the cinematography of it was really beautiful. The way the story was, you know, told everything everything flowed very nicely. There wasn't any down periods to it. And uh, thank God there was no Bollywood breakouts in the middle of this. <laughs> we didn't end it in a in a full on dance and in the and pony show number. You know. Yeah, you could tell that they definitely paid homage to the um, Bollywood dancing by. Um, a couple of scenes where one where they're getting married and one where they're having a kid and a couple of different scenes like that where they showed somebody dancing, but it was very tastefully done. Right. And I think that was perfect because if they would have broke out into what I thought, like big Bollywood scenes and what, you know, Indian films are really known for, it would have completely destroyed what they yeah. have built in this film. Could you imagine the demon out there dancing with everybody in the, in the messed up grandmother? Oh. <laughs> oh my Lord. She just comes out under the tree, <laughs> tree all and all and starts dancing. Oh Lord. <laughs> okay. Let's go over kind of a quick summary. Cause I don't think the, the synopsis we did really gave it justice. So no, the, it didn't at all. There's this family and, with there's a legend kind of within the family, uh, starting with the grandmother that had found that there's this uh, castle or impenetrable. It's it, it kind of plays out like it's almost impenetrable because no one else really goes into it. And once you go to the depths of these caves and, and tunnels, there's uh, some allure. The legend of a of a treasure that's basically never ending where you can just can get all the gold you want in in the world. Mm-hmm. And, and it, that's just it. It was a legend except for this family. And, and the grandmother had seemingly been down there and knew all the secrets to it, but never told anybody. And, and she suffered just horrible, uh, like boils and, and her skin was practically melted. And she actually kind of reminded yeah. me of, if you've ever seen that old movie Leprechaun, <laughs> Kind of like the leprechaun in in that yeah. film, like her face was just kind of a little bit melted off, and uh, mm-hmm. and her toes were just as ugly oh, yeah. and crinkly as the leprechaun toes mummy. too. I thought it was a living mummy at Dude. first, but so anyways, uh, when I was <laughs> when I was a kid, I couldn't watch the leprechaun movies. Man, they scared the shit out of me, and only. Because of the toes, dude. Yes. I had so many damn nightmares for his uncut, crinkly, <laughs> nasty toes, man. Well, <sighs> clearly, you have a trigger. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, she, yeah. So very much like the leprechaun zine. And so <laughs> once the family grows up, they leave um, to escape this, this, these horrors of this curse. And once the family grows up, the son returns back and... And we find out that the grandmother is is kind of like a 
uh, what do you call it, it, it uh, immortal. And but her, she yeah. suffered all this pain and and decay from being immortal. It's not like the way you would imagine it of mm-hmm. a superhero. It's more like it's what probably it's a, a real curse. world, yeah, immortal would be. And uh, before he kills her, the son kills her. He gets the information about how to get into this layer and steal the treasure. But it comes with the caveat mm-hmm. of having to uh, trick a demon that is at the bottom of this of this labyrinth. And and the only way that you can get the money from him is it literally falls out of his pocket when he eats people or in the case that they found out of uh, dough um, dolls. Basically, they made dolls out of flour and throw it to yeah. him and he chases it and when he's eating the doll, you have enough time just to grab the money out of his pocket and climb up this, what looks like a stomach, the inside of a stomach, to get out this little hole in the top. But he chases you right out of it. And if he gets you, you yeah. yourself become this boiled, infested, immortal human being um, to live, like, decaying into the the, na- the, the nature side, basically. And uh, so yeah. as we progress on to the movie, like he has a son himself who he teaches to do this this uh, act to get money. And, you know, he lives a prosperous life. But at the same time, it's like we see this progression through generational uh, through generational carryover that there's this increasing yeah. level of greed. They're, each person is more and more greedy, you know, like the, the, the mom. Yeah. She wanted just one coin, but the son knew he needed more. So he continually went for years and years. And then his son wanted to get all the coins in one shot instead of having to go every year for the rest of his life. He wanted to just steal the clothes off of the demon while he was eating. And But they find out yeah. there is a cost to this greed. So they they construct this plan to bring all these dolls in, but they find out for every doll they bring, a demon comes out to eat each individual born and they basically pay the cost for yeah it's it's part of the curse man if you're too greedy you're going to get overwhelmed by your greed yeah um i found the original um lore the original uh um myth Mm -hmm. of haster that this um film was created after it's not too long i'll read it out um the world was created by the goddess of prosperity who gave birth to 16 Kuroror God. I don't know how to pronounce that. Kuroror? C-R-O-R-E. Kuror. I say Kuroror. 16 core gods and goddesses. <laughs> the earth was her womb and she had large, perhaps endless reserves of gold and grain. From this womb spring her firstborn, her favorite and most evil of her children, Haster. Though born of celestial being, Haster's intentions were less than noble. We wished to gain control. Wait, he- we wished to gain control of their goddess's wealth. While she let him have the gold, his sixteen core siblings declared war on him as soon as he reached for the grain, which fed gods and men alike. Weakened and unable to sustain their attacks, Haster's mother saved him and contained him back in her womb. But there was a price. He would never be worshipped as the other gods and goddesses were. In fact, his name would be removed and censored from any text for the rest of eternity. Hmm. Interesting. So that's the, yeah, that's the myth behind the film, which actually puts the entire film into context. 
Yeah, yeah. It, so it's definitely the main theme about this movie is a, a battle of greed, basically. It's it's trying to balance the mm-hmm. line of how much greed you can get away with without sacrificing your life in, in the midst of it. And there is kind of like a fine fine balance that we see in the in with the second generation and the third and the first are just kind of like you know the porridge is too cold and the porridge is too hot type deal but um as far as the the cinematography of this goes like i felt like it was really uh it surprised me for a hollywood movie because there it wasn't you couldn't it had a professional feel to it like you could tell they were using either uh glide cams or a crane Mm -hmm. um to, to film this and it wasn't as hands-on as and shaky as I would expect it to be. And yeah. uh, also they, they did a lot of uh, use of their, their like visual storytelling that, which I didn't really see. I don't normally see a lot in Indian movies. And so there was a lot of like yeah. uh, taking advantage of perspective, uh, a forcing perspective with like the hallways, um, these different dark caves. Um, there was a lot of, like natural lighting, but it played really well into this movie. So a lot of candlelight, a lot of torchlight and all of it, it just added to the feel of the movie. It made it feel really professional. It wasn't, it didn't feel like, you know, oversaturated or, or like poorly like designed lighting in any way, which is kind of the feel like I would be like, I think I would feel if I was watching a a Hollywood movie, I'm Mm -hmm. not, I'm not trying to pull credit away from them. They make a lot, they make a lot of good production there but at the same time it's 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 hard because we do have to recognize you know it is a third world country and it is a poor country so the the budgets they have are nothing like the budgets we have in in the united states and i think they did a really good job with with what they did over there and there was a lot of really beautiful visual storytelling throughout this this movie and, and a lot of uh different perspective shots that i that i noticed that i liked um that i wouldn't think i would have seen with a movie or with a production like this yeah no there's a there's quite a few about this film that was done so differently than what i am used to watching hollywood films Mm -hmm. and films done in the states that it was a breath of fresh air you know in a horror movie sense yeah like yeah i didn't get scared Okay, like I do with um, well, there was a like few jump, jump scares or like there was a few the conjuring or jump scenes. There was a, there was a couple of them. Yeah, yeah, but like they they never really got me right. So like like you know the conjuring will get you right. Yeah. However, I can watch films like this back to back all day. Oh yeah, yeah. Because that's quality. Yeah, definitely you know? quality. They're not going for the cheap scares. They're actually like the stuff that really did get me was like gross and like oh ooh that's 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 nasty like i don't want to be there <laughs> you know yeah no i thought the demon was pretty scary it was uh i did it surprised me from the quality of the yeah, demon and nasty. there was also like a really beautiful scene towards the end which i thought if it was me making the trailer i would have put this in the end of the trailer this is how it would have ended the film which is where this little boy keeps lighting this match and it keeps oscillating between dark and candlelight right yeah and the match keeps going out and he opens up the match it's pitch dark he pulls the match and lights up and you can see his face and he turns mm-hmm. over and there's this demon with these big like yellow fang teeth and like ruby red face just staring at him right and it's and both of them are lit up by this 
match and then the yeah, match goes out that would have been Woo-hoo-hoo. that would have been the perfect scene to end that freaking um trailer because no, it just would have that that was the money shot that was scary that was a good it was really yeah. beautiful really good setup and uh yeah yeah i think so dude do you want to know how long it took them to make this film of course six years wow six years that is a six long time years dude th- it took them six years to make the film and they had a shoestring budget i'm talking about like here i gotta get my notes back up i'm sorry 673,000 bucks bro wow for a movie of that quality i'm pretty impressed that's good yeah they um they saved money by waiting to shoot when the um when what they needed was actually happening. So when it was raining, when there was cloud Mm. cover, things like that, because in the film, this village is always covered in clouds. It's always raining. Yeah. So they could only film on days where it's raining, obviously. Well, which is good. I mean, it's, uh, it's also good ideal conditions to shoot in when there's cloud cover, but uh, yeah, Mm -hmm. that's amazing that they waited six years to film all this. That's well, that's where your money had to rewrite it twice. Or they wrote it twice overall. Um, they reshot it at one point. Wow. And I mean, it it paid off because they made $2.3 million Jeez. out of 673K. That's a hell of a good investment right there. You know, I yeah, dude. This movie kind of actually spoke to me because uh lately I've I've been kind of learning how to do like stock trading and everything. So I I I start my mornings off by, you know, picking stocks and reading charts and, and doing things like that. And it was just like mm-hmm this this is my life like i'm basically going down into the depths of hell and 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 risking fate just to try to pull a couple of bucks back up with me you know it's like it kind of feels yeah. like like this was like speaking to the stock market almost is is just that that level of greed that you have to go through and that you're willing to put yourself through to just to take a couple of bucks out you know is kind of kind of what i thought but symbolism um yeah, and the, um, those gold coins are only worth $100. I did the comparisons last night. The The coins at that time in 18-something, right, before the um, Indian um, ruby or whatever it's called, mm-hmm. like, crashed, um, they, they were – it was really – really worth money so that gold it was worth a hundred dollars back in 1830 time which is what a thousand dollars nowadays yeah if not more it's five thousand that's a lot of money ten thousand nowadays some shit like that so every single one of those coins was worth that much money and he had holy shit dude he had saved so many <laughs> when, when he opened, opened that, that they have the safe yeah <laughs> Dude, there were so many coins. That just shows how greedy he was. He could have stopped. He had stacks of $10,000 stacks in this thing. Back in the 1830s, guys, I'm talking about stacks of probably like 100 grand nowadays money just in there. And he's like, we don't have enough money. (laughs) We need to continue. We need need more coins. I need to go back down. I know. I was saying that to myself, like when he he was getting older and going back when he could barely climb up this rope, I was like, oh God, Mm -hmm. why are you going to risk it? You have so much, like sell your mansion, get rid of your maids. Like why would you risk your life going back into this, into the bowels of hell, essentially, just to steal from the point, the, the, 
coin purse of the devil. I mean, it's just, it's horrible <laughs> that he had to keep yeah, going. Well, and, and then he brought his son, which made it so much worse. <laughs> yeah. And he even told his son that he wasn't going to come home alive. Ugh, that's crazy. Like, he was like, I'm probably going to come back from this alone. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember. Yeah, like, he said that. Oh, and then the kid was such a little trickster. He's so greedy that they were just trying to do a practice run. But instead, he knowingly snuck the doe doll in there to trigger the demon, yeah. knowing that it would trigger what... He didn't know at this point what it was. He knew it was something, but but I'm sure he knew it was something dangerous. But he didn't know it was yeah. a demon. And, you know, he snuck this doe doll in there and pulled it out. And it's like, oh, you know, shit hits the fan really quick. Because now both of them have to climb up in the time it takes this demon to eat this yeah. doll before he can eat them. Oh, man, it was crazy. So stupid. It just, oh. the 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 hero, the main protagonist of the film is not somebody that you vote for, you know? Yeah. He's not somebody you root for. No, definitely not. Every, yeah, every time he goes in that hole, you're just like, please die, please die, please die. Please die. Yeah. So and you don't. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Through the whole. I, I mean, maybe you root for him when he was a child, but once he's an adult, he kind of comes back and he sees that his immortal grandmother had basically rotted on the floor and she's still alive and a tree has grown through her and ripped her insides apart. And he's sitting there laughing. Mm-hmm. He's like, a, tr- a tree grew through you, grandma, and sitting there laughing at her. I'm like, this guy's an asshole. <laughs> it's like, I'm ready for him to no. die. <laughs> I, I lost all respect for him after his brother died and all he cared about was we should go back for more coins. We can't stop with just the one coin. We need more coin. His brother just died. Yeah. Yeah. And he was still following like, the trail of greed. Yeah. Like 10 minutes before that. Yeah. So like just died. <laughs> so there's this moment, I think, when I mean, obviously, flour and grain plays a big role in it because the as an mm-hmm. adult, his wife unknowingly starts a business of of making flour and selling that. And that just happens to be the thing that's like the most important thing for this demon because the demon's always thirsting for these grain, the grains of flour. Yeah. And in uh, the beginning, when they're kids, he spills flour all over himself, too. And he's just like covered in white. It's, it's a scene that's just lit by candles, basically. And he goes in to visit the mm-hmm. grandmother, who's like this demon esque thing chained to the wall. And she's always hungry and always, always thirsty and always wants, you know, some food, but she's barely ever fed. And he's just covered in flour. And it just kind of like, t- to me, as he enters the threshold to his grandmother's bedroom, is kind of like this, it's symbolic of, of, his purity and like innocence before he makes the decision to walk into his grandmother's room over greed. You know, it's like, because he's yeah. covered in white, he's all white. Like he couldn't be any more like, you know, pure and innocent looking, um, you know, than being covered in flour and being all white, wearing white clothes. And then once he makes this, yeah. and they even mentioned this in the, in the film too, which I thought was interesting was uh, you make the choice to walk in the door and everything after that, the choices are made for you. Like, and, and so mm-hmm. there was this kind of like symbolic moment where he's covered in white after his brother just dies, walks into the grandmother's room in a choice of greed to find out where the, the treasure is. And, you know, not even yeah. a, a minute later, he's sitting in the hole of a, of a shitter and the grandmother is spitting blood all over his face and all that white is gone now. And, and, and yep. it's, 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 uh, 
it puts him in his right place you know once you know he's he's basically shit once he's once he's made the uh choice to follow his path of greed yeah and just like his mom said he he is just like his father just as greedy and i think that's part of the curse as well because they Haster was greed incarnate, right? He wanted everything. He didn't just want gold. He also wanted the wheat, the food, right? This family is also just greed. Each kid they bore is greedy and more greedy than the last. Mm -hmm. Like Haster's, not Haster, I'm sorry. um, The main character's son was even greedier than the main character. Yeah. You know? No. The main character was fine with going down and risking his life for three or four hundred dollars or three or four thousand dollars at a time. But the son's like, nah, man, we need to make more money. Yeah. Because, you know, and we do amounts. for whatever. <laughs> now, you actually just hit on something that I think is important that we I didn't really just catch until you said that. I think the greed definitely affects males more than anything else in the curse because the arguably the the one that was most affected the most affected female would be the grandmother who actually went down to the cave and was touched by the yeah touched by the demon but she herself was saying it's not worth it and she held out and said don't go back there don't do this it's just forget about it and so she obviously wasn't affected by the greed that much and then the mother of the kids at the time um she left town with only one coin and she's like don't ever go back this one coin will be all you get for our lives and we're done that's it and then when he gets when he gets older his wife even is this way i don't know what you're doing but you shouldn't be doing it because i feel like you're risking too much we're happy here we're healthy Mm -hmm. here just leave it alone and basically he just keeps going back and then the son is doing that too and the mother is like Basically trying to, she's being supportive in the position she can be, but she's also like, doesn't want him to be there, you know? And he just keeps getting yeah. more and more at it. So it's, it's kind of like, uh, uh, opposing lines, you know, as one, as, as greed goes up in the males, the, it, it kind of goes down in the females, the more of, of one, the less of the other. And they kind of have yeah. their, their sanity with them. Whereas the other ones, they just, the males, they just see gold and they run towards it without question yeah and even in the beginning they show that the innocent younger brother wasn't nearly wasn't even closely as greedy as the older brother and he gets killed right away so they're just showing that there is no innocence in this family everybody is just blah but Try and do something for me. Try to explain the ending because I just think it was just stupid. Like, (laughs) what? Dude. Okay. So, after the kid royally, royally messes up, um, they are surrounded by dozens of hasters. I mean, dozens, countless. They're just, they're everywhere, right? Um, they can't climb up the rope because if they tried, the hasters would just go for the top and, um, run out the top mm-hmm. and, you know, kill them anyways. Right. right. They snatch. Them so they're the stuck. Top. Yeah. Yeah. They're stuck. Right. So the father has a 
bright idea. Let me cover myself in these dough dolls that we brought down, right? right? And act as bait. While I do that, I can grab the belt off one of the hasters and I'm good. I'm going to die either way. I, if I don't die, my son dies. Right. Guaranteed. Like it, it's either him or me. I either sacrifice him or I sacrifice myself. And this is probably the least greedy thing he's done in the entire film. Yeah. <laughs> Mind you. <laughs> Definitely. The, yeah. A new side of him. Yeah. So he hooks all this stuff up. Right. Doesn't tell his son, of course, which is. <sighs> communication is key people <laughs> exactly if you're in a life and death scenario <laughs> communication is mother trucking key <laughs> i thought okay. this myself too when he was sleeping the son was sleeping he's preparing to enact this plan and i'm like there's if he doesn't know catch on to what you're doing like it's all going to be for nothing he's, <laughs> yeah he's going to screw everything up yeah because guess what kids are stupid <laughs> <laughs> So he the the father hooks all the stuff up, climbs up the 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 rope, right? And the kid wakes up as the father's climbing up the rope and he's like, No, no, father, please, oh god, no, world ending, ah <laughs> and <laughs> all the hasters are chasing the dad because you know he has like fifty of those damn doll thingies hooked to his body. This whole time. Oh my lord, this entire time, instead of the kid doing anything that can help his case mm -hmm. at all all he does is sit down panic and cry okay so that was actually not his plan uh his so if you notice when the demons the first time were fighting one pushes the mm -hmm. other and he falls through the air and is getting ready to fall in the circle of salt or a flower yeah and the father grabs his son to protect him and realizes that the demon gets annihilated over this invisible field that protects them. Right. And so mm -hmm. his thought was to climb up the rope, I think with these dolls as a bait. And as they try to jump on the rope, they fall down and onto this field and get disintegrated, leaving no demons for um, left, basically leaving no demons to attack the kid and it seemed to yeah. be just a bonus that he got out um, himself. Mm -hmm. But what I'm seeing here at the end of this movie is the decisions. How do I word this? The actions of their decision, the lessons are learned, basically, uh, is, is what I'm seeing. So the father finds out it's not worth it to bring my son down here um, into the pits of hell basically and he yeah. makes the first right decision of the he makes the first right decision of the movie which is to try to save mm -hmm. his son and sacrifice his own life the son yeah whose greedy plan it was to try to steal everything learns the uh d learns the actions wait no learns the learns the decisions of his actions by seeing his father uh die basically and because at the end all the son wanted was that loincloth and the yeah. father gets it for him and said, isn't this what you wanted as he's melting into the ground? And the kid's like, no, like he learns the choice of his, his actions and the path he took on greed right away. Both of them learn that in this, in this short period of time. But the whole thing that doesn't yeah. make sense to me was I'm thinking, okay, they have these, these flower rings that they make 
uh, to protect themselves from the demons. And they do a whole bunch of them at the entrances and exits and everything. Mm -hmm. So the demons can't get out. And yeah. the main one inside the this cave is the one that they stand in to protect them. And then they have to climb up this rope and there's a small hole at the top. And that's usually mm -hmm. where the demons can grab them. So I'm thinking like, why don't they make a a ring of this flower around the top so the demons can't climb up the la the rope with them and chase them up to the top. And then I'm like, oh, maybe it doesn't work because the flower falls down, you know, so it's not going to stick. Until yeah. you see the boy running out of one of those doors and the flower is just plastered all over the side of this door. Yeah. I'm like, well, why I didn't you do it in the inside the cave? The, the thing would have never came out. It wouldn't have access to the rope. Yeah, no, I I think the that circle was paint. I think that was like a painted circle. Hmm. Kind of like um, showing that this is the the entrance, basically. I see. Okay. Yeah. That's because uh, that's what I was thinking. Is like you'd solve this whole problem of being chased if you just put the circle up at the yeah. top as well as the bottom of the cave. You know. See what I don't understand. Um, besides that whole ending, because okay, so <laughs> touching back real ending. quick on on the boy burning the money. See, that's what I don't get. Okay. The dad's dead. The decisions, the consequences are already made and there. Mm -hmm. And instead of walking away with the only silver lining in the entire thing, your, your dad's dead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, he's gone. There's nothing you can do about that. You killed him. Congratulations. But why punish yourself and your family by not taking the loincloth? I don't understand that. I get it's supposed to symbolize him learning and moving on and it just kind of sounds stupid <laughs> i know yeah i i, I see like, i see your point of contention at the ending of the movie but i think like also the character had to learn something and evolve and grow for this to feel like a good ending and even i understand the that of the film, i know it doesn't make any sense but do you did you see the amount the, the waterfall of gold coins out of that damn thing a waterfall yeah like unlimited never ending at some point in time dude uh, I, <laughs> the punishment does not fit the crime <laughs> but we're also dealing with a family of exorbitant wealth you know they've already created more than everything they could want for themselves and mm -hmm. there has to be a line in the sand for the character and it's like he already has enough money he has mansions he has a safe full of gold that will last them his entire lifetime. He even said so. That was one of the things he said in the movie. Yeah. And that, that was enough like that. And the possibility of excess even more, it was like, he, he didn't learn anything if he took the loincloth, even though it cost well, him it, his father's life. But to be fair, yeah, it, it could have cost his father's life a million times before when he'd been doing it three times a year for his entire life. And he was, mm -hmm way more into uh you know he, he should have been dead a hundred times already oh yeah oh yeah a hundred times over uh, especially with his father deserved to be dead a hundred times over <laughs> yeah mind you I, he was not a good person the fact that he died is not a a sad thing even a little bit no just for the fact that but, he was bringing I mean, his son it's, there it's, in the first place was horrible yeah dude that's terrible it, it's just like you know, it's it's like robbing, going through all the work to rob the Bellagio, right? And then you get down to the money, and then you're just like, okay, cool. 
deuces, and then you leave and you don't take anything. What was the point of hatching the scheme and doing the work and losing the people and wasting your time? That is exactly the storyline to Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> I know. They robbed the Bellagio, and instead of getting all the money, uh, George Clooney goes to jail for like 10 years. And then when he comes back, he has to give all of it back to the casino owner. Like, but mm-hmm. the whole thing, they, they learned throughout this whole process, too. There's a toll to the greed that you have. And, and, you know, it comes in, in their case, it came to mobsters owing money and more <laughs> and more stealing. But in this case, hopefully they, this kid learned a lesson. Uh, maybe it was at the cost yeah. of his father's life. But uh, see, yeah. I, I had a theory, though, about what happens if he would have taken the loincloth because his father was already a demon thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So he wasn't going to change none. I have a theory that if his if his son would have taken the loincloth, his son would have just became a Hester. Oh yeah, yeah. Maybe he puts yeah, it on. So and was wondering why the coins don't come on, out. And he looks Hester. around and his ass is red. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. He's like, there's not enough turn myself in the into world him. to yeah. cure this skin issue. <laughs> I've always, I, I was thinking like, if you're gonna take the time to like pull out his loincloth and try to get all the coins that are there, why wouldn't you just take the crown on the top of the demon's head? That seemed to be like more valuable than anything else that was inside his stuffy underwear. You know, take the golden right? crown of jewels and encrusted emeralds and things on there. Take all that. Yeah, dude. Why didn't anybody go down there with like a sword to chop off the demon's head? Yeah. Why would you just you, feed him dough dolls? Like, <laughs> like, do, come on, guys. No dolls. They want balls. to quote unquote risk their life by going down to this hole and distracting some demon to steal its money instead of just facing its problem head on, killing it and taking as much money as they wanted. Right. So that begs the question, would you climb down there for gold coins? Oh, fuck yeah, dude. You no, would? It's <laughs> <laughs> a damn gold coin. You know how cool that is? But I would never take my kid down there and I would not do it over and over again. I think no parent wants their kids to have the same life as them. Like no... Mm-mm. No parent goes out there and and becomes a train engineer or a janitor and says, I want my son to do that. Or even a podcaster, for that matter. <laughs> it's like it's a hard yeah. life, you know? It's like we're basically hobos on the street um, just asking people yeah, for money. You, but we just do it with the microphone. And uh, I... Yeah, you, you always want better for your kid than you had, yeah. right? It, but so, for me, I wouldn't have done that because I feel like no matter what... Even if I did get gold every time I went down there, mm-hmm. I feel like no matter what, there is a cost to pay for taunting a demon, for for tricking a demon. Oh, yeah. And it may not come in this life, but at some point, I feel like you're going to pay the toll because you're talking about some kind of entity that is knowledgeable beyond our scope of this world. And you're mm-hmm. the way he was, like, just the, the vicious like greed you could see in the way he would taunt this thing and toy with it. Like it's mm-hmm. a, it's a chained dog. But at some point, you know, like you have to realize this is a demon wearing a gold crown. He got that crown somehow. And yeah, <laughs> he, he, he's not, he's not a chained dog. And I feel like at some point that toll is going to be coming. Yeah, exactly. And the way he sacrificed his friend to the demon like that. Ugh, dude. Earlier in the film, um, there was a guy that was handling all of the main character's money. Mm-hmm. 
and he wanted in on the operation. He wanted in on like where he's getting the gold from, right? Yeah. And um, he goes to the mansion that the main character said he was getting the gold from. And the main character lures him into the demon's den and then puts the um, doll down there and everything, but doesn't tell the dude about what's going on. What's, yeah, about the circle, about what's down there. Nothing. Doesn't tell him a single thing. Right. This dude gets absolutely destroyed. Right. By Hester. Yeah. Like wreck sauced. And then. The guy just comes down the freaking thing like nothing happened and got some money because the demon was being basically, he was, you know, distracted. He ripped his arm off. It's just, yeah, <laughs> he, he ripped it his arm him. off. Dude. It's just, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm so glad that dude died. I really am. I'm, And I'm very happy that the son decided to take a different route besides greed. Yeah. But... It's, it's, you know, it's the toll. Did he really learn that lesson (laughs) or is he going to go back to that? Um, the hole in the ground before too long, you know, what happens when that quote unquote unlimited wealth they had runs out? Well, in, uh, six years, we may have the answer to that. If there's never a second and third (laughs) in this series, but (laughs) definitely uh, one worth watching. So this was called Tumbad. Tumbad? Tumbad. Tumbad. <laughs> you can watch it on yeah. uh, Amazon Prime for free right now. Yeah. And uh, definitely worth yeah, watching. Free. I think it, if this is the quality of films coming out of India, uh, we better prepare ourselves for a, uh, a Bollywood movement because I'm ready. I'm ready mm-hmm. to watch it. This was outstanding movie and uh, I, I can't wait for these this production team to come out with more. Oh, yeah. This was a fantastic film. And the fact that it's free you have you're you're losing nothing by watching it so just check it out yeah check it out it's really good and uh as we always do to wrap things up here at uncover cinema we're going to be bringing up film of the week (laughs) (laughs) film of the week (laughs) um this week (laughs) this week we are going to be covering fatherhood it's a netflix original and it is amazing it's really cute (laughs) um it's about fatherhood Yes, it's uh, about a widowed father raising his daughter alone when everyone in the world is telling him he can't do it because he's a guy. Wow. Well, hopefully he doesn't take his daughter down to the uh, pits of hell to steal money from a demon. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. A lot of similarities yeah, see, in this <laughs> from this movie, it sounds like. Yeah, see, uh, unlike the father in Tom Bad, the father in this film is actually a good dad. <laughs> so... <laughs> It's definitely one of those cute movies that you want to watch with your family. I watched it with my girlfriend the other day and we, it was wonderful. We cried, we laughed, it we joked. It was great. The the trifecta, <laughs> crying, mm-hmm. laughing, and joking makes a good movie. Dang right. <laughs> well, with that, uh, we can uh, check out the movie Fatherhood on Netflix and uh, we will see you guys next week. Feel free to let us know if we miss anything in this movie as always. Or uh, within the movie Fatherhood, you can let us know your opinions there at Reddit R slash Uncovered Cinema. And you can find us at Uncovered Cinema on Instagram and Facebook. So uh, we'll uh, see you guys next week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Bye.